cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. The ground is soft, it's not... It's oh, not, it's heavy. It's soft on time. So it's it's heavy. Thing. Okay. And a very warm welcome to the Bastards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of systembet.co.uk, and with me today are my two counterparts. We've got John Lang from John Joe's Blogspot, my all-time partner in crime, and joining him is... Hello. Lorne Malver for a second appearance on the Bastards. Oh, is yeah. it third? Is it third? Is it third? Uh, oh, no. There was the one yeah, the runner up halfway through. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> right. I'm no guarantees it won't happen this time. I think I'll have to put another shilling in the meter, but we'll see. <laughs> right, gents. Um, stay on with the proceedings today. Hope you're both well. Um, and obviously, Saturday was quite, uh, quite the drama. Uh, not just for horse racing performances, but, but certainly other things that got in the way. Uh, as as is the the want at Sandown, and um, obviously the big talking point of Saturday wasn't necessarily St Mark's Basilica uh, romping home in the eclipse. It was the uh, it was the absolute mess that started the first race of the day, where uh, Judge Judge Green uh, stated that uh, horse uh, horse that finished second had won the race, and then uh, a catastrophe ensued when it, it, it transpired that, that, that that wasn't the winner of the race. Then all of a sudden, it was called a dead heat. Uh, after a steward's inquiry, um, they blamed the mirror. What do you make of all this, gents? John, start me off with, uh, with what, what you think what happened yesterday. It really was a shocking pile of bollocks, wasn't it? From start <laughs> I mean, they were, they were making excuses about equipment and things, but... If the equipment was dodgy, I'll never for the life of me understand why she's called anything in the first place when she's called the wrong one the winner. You know, yeah. if it was an equipment problem, they should have been on it anyway. Um, I mean, secondly, to call that a dead eight, I mean, it's a, it's a woeful lack of initiative because everybody else that's interested in that race can see a perfectly accurate freeze frame on racing TV or ITV showing that the other one's won. So why don't yeah. you, it was a bit of initiative. Don't tell me they haven't got access to television pictures and call it the winner. It's common sense, you know, which is sadly lacking in this sport, I'm afraid. I mean, it, it, does, it, it does say a lot when, I mean, this has happened before at Sandown and, you know, they've, they've been winning purse mistaken because they've had two winning purse, things like that. I mean, the the absolute mess that, that racing... I mean, it, it just beggars belief that you cannot imagine any other professional sport. Imagine Olympics and, and you know, doing that. You know, they're, they're giving the gold medal out and they've, they've, got it, they've got it wrong. I mean, this is, a, this is a, I would say, it's quite a regular occurrence in racing. I, I think one of these happens a year. I mean, I'm, I'm, give me some stats on one, but I'm, it seems like that. It seems like there's one of these every year, uh, you know, a wrong result called, and they have to then undo the mess, um, you know, afterwards. And I mean, that, that, that's the problem, Lee, though, isn't it? I just don't, the people in charge, I mean, I know you, you and John have put a few tweets out last week saying that people running the game have got sort of 
so the I say my cue was the PG Tips monkeys, which I take issue with because Mr. Shift was good at moving pianos and wearing bowler hats. So I, I take issue with that. <laughs> so I think the problem is actually, I think the people in the BHA, uh, I think they're quite bright people as individuals. But the problem is they don't live in, in the world that you and I and everybody else inhabits. So they don't think that there's anything fundamentally wrong with any aspect of the sport, because if they did, You'd, you're, you're right, they would come out and throw money at it and sort it out and professionalise it. But the people that are in the ivory towers, there's nothing wrong with the sport. This is fine. And I think yeah. that also racing has got a problem. I don't think racing actually, in its heart of hearts, believes that it is elite sport. Right? I really don't think that they actually buy into it. Yes, it is from the purposes of the government, sort of the COVID trial, etc. But if it was elite sport, they would treat it as such and manage it as such. And I think racing just feels it's somewhere between a nice pastime with a bit of sport thrown in. And I think it's it's between those two, that rock and a hard place, because they clearly are not running it like elite sport should be run. No way at all. Absolutely bang on the money with more or less everything you've said there. And, and like you say, I mean, the fact that throughout this, you know, a lot of sports have had test events and we got, I think it was 12,000 for Ascot. Yes. Um, but, but, but I mean, you, you look at other things where it's, it's, they've not applied to, for any other like venue to have, to have more, more customers, more paying customers. Beggar's belief. I mean, look, yeah. at, look, just, just an example of the mindset. I mean, this is going slightly off topic, but look at that publicity for i think it's the the magnolia cup which john sort of said looked like who's who or burke's peerage entry <laughs> you know and, and we can sit there uh, and laugh and rightly so but someone or a group of people produced that campaign so got it signed off and then turned to each other and said we fucking nailed that we've smashed it pats on the back everyone's done really really well because in their minds that was a fantastic piece of work that showcases racing as a diverse sport. Whereas everyone else can see that the only diversity there is, you know, one person, one woman can trace her lineage from the hat to the House of Stuart and the other one to the Jacobite Rebellion or whatever. So that's diverse enough, you know, various branches <laughs> of the aristocracy. But that's the problem. These people don't think it's a problem. They think that's a great piece of work. They've probably got a pat on the back, staff bonus yeah. or whatever. That, that's, uh, it's a mindset uh, thing, I think. I mean, back to the, back to the, photo i think yesterday i mean not not one not one piece of regard for exchange punters yesterday no, so none whatsoever so basically basically 103 in the photo um obviously it's huge sums of money traded in the photo as all as there always is um and then that was then followed by uh one to ten in the ensuing inquiry yeah um obviously because everyone thought well it's a mistake it's going to get the race yeah. And then the bizarre decision afterwards that it, that, that it's a dead end. And the, and I think again, you know, the, 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 you need faith in the people running it because when money's exchanging hands, which is what the game's all about, even though ITV racing don't seem to promote much on betting recently, um, you know, it, it, it is all about betting, and that's cost people a lot of money. You know, vice versa. You, you can imagine the carnage in some people's uh, betting accounts after that race yesterday. And nothing said. It's just totally brushed aside. And and for me, as I said, I honestly believe it's it's not the equipment. It was never the equipment. I can't have it. It was just literally that's to get the heat off the judge, who's made a catastrophic error. 
Um, it could have been easily put right within five minutes. Just change the result. Everything's fine. I think yeah. everyone would have accepted the, the, the error called and we'd have moved on. But yeah. no, they, they, dug a, dug, they dug a bigger hole for me to protect their own. And that's what the BHA are about, protecting their own. They've no responsibility. It's like, well, what can we do? It's equipment. Do you agree yeah. with that, John? I do entirely, yeah. I mean, uh, you can't point to it because, as you'll say, you know, I mean, she called the result. Yeah. And, and, and like Haggis, he's, he's being the purse today saying that they're going to appeal, and rightfully so, you know, because like Haggis says, if, if the, you know, if the photo equipment was wrong, right, so the print that she must have read is the, old, the other print, and so then how has she called the other one the winner? Because on the print that's supposedly not the correct print because of the mirror, you can clearly see that um, Hurricane Ivor is, is, the, is the winner as clear as day so so again it's just for me it's just they're just trying to I, 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 I don't trust the BHA one I heard so, and and that's that's basically where that fits in there and I mean that that follows on John from obviously the clerk of the course who decides that on the morning of the eclipse um, and it's the same the day before he decides he's going to walk the track at half past seven so everyone's refreshing the BHA site at half past eight no updates, none, no. And, and what do you make of that? That a clerk is 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 not giving the going at half past eight on the morning of the eclipse. Isn't it? I mean, it, it, as, as Chris says, you know, I mean, it, it's just supposedly an elite spot, but it's just run like a picnic with a bit of horses running past in the background. You yeah. know, there's absolutely no thought for people wagering their hard end on this, you know. I mean um I mean <laughs> you've got like good ground going in the in in the farm boats uh, to a certain extent. I mean good the South Street the uh, the group three five, uh three point two four seconds slow. Yeah, it's a good the soft. You've got a class two handicap over the mile, three point two slow. The same we go a fair out clip. You know, the uh, and the listed race later on was a tenth of a second quicker. You, you know, I mean they may be soft ground terms, aren't they? You know. Um I mean I don't think they were the worst culprits on uh, Saturday. I think the going at Beverly was an absolute disgrace. Um I mean, we've got good to firm, good in places in the uh, in the farm boat. Anybody looking at the farm boat for that first race, got a beaten favourite that never went to yard, um, and they changed it to uh, good after the first race. Um, but you know, I mean, then <laughs> they were saying later on, like sharp combo that ran the race, you know. Um, Stephen Edwards, who did the analysis, said sharp combo was probably possibly unsuited by the easing ground conditions. So is he saying this needs tarmac? You, you know, because I mean this was supposedly good ground. What, what, what are you doing? Looking at the farm book and then looking at the analysis? Well, I think I think I think Beverly's becoming typical of of many, well, nearly all the courses now. In that you only need a, sh- a shower, a sharp shower. 
you know, put three or four mils come down quickly, and you can see the whole the whole turf get they, they knock the top off. There's mud flying. Well, uh, the bends at Beverly become chewed up. It's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. But, but that, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because the only people that actually really care about the changes in the ground are, well, fundamentally punters and, of course, the horses running. The clerks are only interested in the change of the ground to see if the stewards can get their cars out of the car park if it starts raining. That, that's it. You know, <laughs> it, it's the car park too muddy to get, get the shooting break out. Because punting is so marginalised, who cares what the ground is? It's only the punters that care. And because the BHA don't understand that, it's never, ever going to be accorded top priority, I don't think. Well, going back to that first race at Beverly, I mean, the uh, the close-up in the post says, the favourite in that race, chase leaders pushed along from far out, ridden in some headway from over one house, kept on inside final fell and not paced the challenge. Then we say, trainers' representatives said the colt was unsuited by the ground, and would prefer a quicker surface. Bear in mind, this is ground officially described as good to firm, good in places. So what the hell does that horse want? You know, um, yeah. then they're going to change to good to soft after the 252, which appears what it was at the start of the card. And the last two races are on soft. You know, and yeah. add in the fact there was a massive wait for a stick reading for this race. You know, I mean, she was going to walk it at three o'clock the night before or something. Or... Anyway, you couldn't get a stick rating, could you? For love and money. It was too dark. It was fine. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no stick reading at Sandown either. So no. it's, it, it literally is a sport that he's run by absolute chimpanzee. Well, it's, just to finish it off, it's a bit like, sort of, now it seems to me, a bit like show jumping, isn't it? We'll run it as professionally as we can and then we'll have crowds in with picnics, etc. But but it's not elite sport, is it? And that's the sense I get that, that, that racing has at the moment. It's it is it's a day out with some horses running in the background, and that's sort of it. Absolutely. And I'll get over to some some uh, listeners' comments now uh, on all of this. Um uh, the, the the tweet of the weekend from it for, for, for me was from John Nolan. Who uh, love John Nolan? He's fantastic. Um, Mr. Swarfiger himself said, mm-hmm. "Stick re- stick readings are fucked. Spurto finishes are fucked. Group ones with fields you could fit in a phone box. Prize money worse than twenty years ago. Nepotism rife. When crowds are back, we'll get more football style fights. Drugs in Ireland. Convince me there is hope, please." There isn't any, is there? <laughs> that would sound quite good. You know, drugs, punch up, piss up, brilliant. I mean, what's not to yeah. like? I mean, it's, it, 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 it literally is just, I mean, that, that tweet sums it up for me. Mm. I mean, yeah. BHA should, I, I tagged the BHA in that and uh, I hope they actually read that because that is actually what it, what it is. Um, and Frankie on the blower says, plenty of discussion on here about descriptions, uh, going descriptions and overwatering. Which race courses, John, do you think get it right more than others? Um, Newmarket, he says, usually has a track bias. But at least they get the going description right more than most. What would you say? Who, who gets it right and who gets it wrong, John? As it regards the going description, um, Reg could get it right. There's a yeah. bias. There has been a bias of late, but they get it right as we get. They're quite honest about what you're going to be racing on. Um, I think I think York are quite accurate with the actual. Going description, but you've still got the usual York problems. 
Um, I think that's probably about it in the north. Maybe Thirsk, but they're, they're up to over water. I think you can get plenty of Clemish line on that top bend. Um, but the, the rest of the northern courses I'd be pretty wary of, to be honest. Yeah. Any, uh, Chris, any, any, any tracks that you think uh, get it right more than most or, or maybe get it wrong more than most? To, no, you, you I, know, I don't, don't have a view. I mean, all I would say is anecdotally, I think Newmarket, when they say it's a certain, you know, it's soft, good to soft, whatever, they're generally, generally backed up by the times. Um, so, I, but, but look, I mean, I can probably list all those ones that don't do it well, probably with more regularity. So new market for me. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure about getting it right, but I mean, Doncaster is on my one to be wary list because it's another track that basically has a four, has a four millimeter shower and it can be good to firm. And then it's good to soft, soft in places literally after a few races, which again, that says they, they chuck plenty on and, I, I, it's it's like what Nick Davis said about going stick readings over the last ten years have have, have drastically declined, um, yeah. you know, and, and we're genuinely not getting quick ground anymore. And like I said, I, I don't know who's, who's behind this. Trainers must have a lot of influence because I mean, as John said before about John Gosden, John Gosden's only got to have a word with a clerk of the course, and you can bet your life he'll possibly even turn the taps on or off. For whatever Gosden says, it's, it's it, it gets to situations like that where some trainers have a lot of power, and and I think that's that's where we're at. I, I've no idea. Like the the bends at Beverly on Saturday were horrendous. It was absolutely chewed up, and it's amazing. I'm amazed that horses don't suffer injuries. In fact, probably horses do, and we just don't get to hear about it mm. because they're at a mod, they're at a modest level, and horse well, might have. Just pulled yeah, the thing point. is, mate, you will hear about it. But the, the problem being, half the time, it's going in the farm bill because being injured and good to firm. Yeah. Good yeah, to good firm point. yeah, good point. You know? Yeah. And they're saying, oh, God, we can't run that on good to firm again. Well, of course you can because it was watered to death. Yeah. Chuck some more water on. It's dangerous ground. Yeah. It's like I keep saying there is not a single stat for injuries on watered good to firm ground. It all gets blamed on good to firm. And that yeah. is a massive, massive issue. It is. It is. It is. Right, we move on. Uh, we'd love to talk about that more and slag them off even more. Um, Cooper at Sandown, he's, he's definitely on my idiot's list. I mean, he was he was the first one basically announcing they're going on the TV, but not to the punters that's waiting online, that's waiting to put the bets on, waiting for an accurate going uh, reading on, on Saturday morning for as soon as the cameras he, he's all about the cameras and can't have him um, so they'll be they'll be pundits out there blowing smoke up his backside as usual but we don't here we, we, tell, we tell it like it is anyway on to the racing uh, on Saturday chaps and obviously St Mark's Basilica but um, a very eye catching performance uh, at the time I was I was waxing lyrical then, then I saw how slow they went it was a slower time in it than the subsequent other mile and a quarter race, so they've obviously crawled. Uh, I've not got the sectionals with me at the moment, but um, obviously St Mark's Basilica would have a far superior turn of foot to the likes of Mishrif and Adeb. Uh, the close proximity of uh, El Drama in fourth also raises possible <laughs> doubts on the form. Um, 
And in the end, I stuck a rating of 122 on the winner. John, any any thoughts on St. Mark's Basilica? Yeah, well, I, I don't know, really. It would be the, the truthful answer. Um, I think the, the, the proximity of the fourth horse indicates that the troll, for sure, you know. Um, and I don't think Mishriff would be any way, shape or form suited to furlongs with an absolute crawl and maybe just a sustained sprint from whatever, you know, I mean, uh, when did the quick and about far out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I certainly don't think that would have suited me, Shrift. The other one's a swamp donkey, um, for me anyway. I mean, I, I've not I've not seen it better good as over here when he's been any better than good to soft. Um, so I, 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 I mean, it's very hard to increase St. Mark's Basilica's official rating on that, I think. Yep, Chris, did, was it taken in your, in your eyes? Yeah, it was actually, but I say that only not just simply through the visual impression, but for me, Tabor, who came on afterwards, was uncharacteristically bubbling about it. Now, look, you obviously have to be very careful when the lads are concerned as to what they what they're trying to convey to you. But he did seem genuinely taken with the performance and he seemed very, very upbeat. So I think if I had to put a gun to my head, I think this is probably the real deal as far as they're concerned. But it will be interesting to see where they go next. Great vault. John. Been priced up for anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 he's definitely the best, best three-year-old, like sort of middle distance Carl anyway. I mean, obviously... The, the, the Derby winner of Godolphins is a completely different different horse, but I mean the the over a mile and a quarter, it's it's probably going to be the best three year old colt, I think. But poetic flair might have a say in that um, if if that ever decides to go up in trip. Um, I agree with John in a way that that it's a very difficult uh, task to put a rating on it because all we all we've learnt there is that it's got a, it's got a more of a turn of foot than a mile and a quarter back end slot monster that that's that's the best former Dave's got which is winning in bottomless ground at Ascot um, at the Champions meeting and obviously this like is, um, you know I mean the thing with Mishriff is that he's 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 won out there you know in the sand um, and he's he's won the the, the Dubai Shima Classic at Maida but again. You're actually looking for solid European form, and and he's yet to to get. I mean, he's beaten Japan horses in the Shima. They, they, they've they've come out and won at Shartin and uh, and won in Japan. However, I'm not so sure that Mishriff is still up there as top class yet. I, I, you know, that's I mean, I'd like to see more evidence. So again, it's very difficult to actually handicap and and work out. But so I was impressed to start with. And then I sort of, as you, as you analyse a race and you, and you go through it and the time and everything, then you start to get less enthusiastic. So for now, I think given the public euphoria over it, as in a lot of the public on Twitter, blogger and the stallion, etc., you oh. know, like cheering it as uh, as the second coming, 
I think there might be value actually opposing it next time because I, I just think the public's gone to bed with it because the public need a champion. The public are, are striving yeah. for a, for an absolute champion and they think they've got it. French Guineas, French Derby, um, Eclipse, you know, this is the real deal, right? But maybe not, maybe not. It, it's, it's early days, yeah. Um, I mean, re- regarding St. Mark's Basilica, Simon Smith on YouTube, he says... He couldn't have had him beat before, and he did tweet that. He, he did message on YouTube before that, before the race. He's a good judge, Simon Smith. If you if you follow our YouTube channel, he, he did like St Mark's Basilica. Um, Ian Davis was asking, how good do we think? You know, the form is up with St Mark's Basilica. I think we've answered that. Um, I think we're, the jury's still out for us in that there's nothing cast iron. You can't put a time to the performance. He had an armchair ride in the French Derby, so. It's still the jury's out. Uh, Aaron Rhodes has also uh, messaged in and he said, catching up with yesterday's racing guys, he said, how is Dane O'Neill weighing three pounds over on May Danny? Uh, that's uh, at nine stone four. <laughs> Fat day, are we going to say, John? Bloody hell, I didn't realise that. <laughs> well, you had Dane Bowers on it, not Dane O'Neill. <laughs> But three pounds over—that's it. I've, I've heard, I've heard of it. Obviously, at lower weights, I think that's probably the highest weight on a Saturday race. I've, I've heard of, you know, three pounds over. That's what incredible. What the hell's going on there? It's a lot there, isn't it? The kilt, the kilt must be absolutely furious, John. I mean, I mean, it's well, probably—it's cost him less, hasn't it? Yeah, he's he's probably he's probably set off in his plane and done three circles in the middle of. In a rage. Well, the fans are doing a after that, won't he? <laughs> he might even beat Deirdre up after that. You know, it's, it's, it's literally just, I mean, it's bizarre. I didn't know until so Arrow Rose pointed it out. Um, so, yeah. Um, he, oh, Aaron also says St. Mark's Basilica's burst of speed is even more impressive when you split the screen race uh, with the preceding handicap won, won by a Macron. Real slow pace. <laughs> To quick and like that, but Aaron, what I will say here is, if, if it's a slower time, it's gonna it's gonna be able to quicken a lot faster than Macron, in all fairness, anyway. So I'm not so sure. I'm not I, I'm not really sure. Um, another another tweet I looked at uh, this week, gentlemen, is from Humpty Caller, and it, he, he was it, it was a good tweet, really. He said he said basically with the football on Wednesday. Um, if you were running the BHA, John, I'll come to you first. Would you would you either move the night meetings on Wednesday uh, to an earlier time because obviously everyone's watching the football, or would you just maybe not run them, or what would you do, or would you keep them as the same? Would you keep them running while the England game's on against Denmark? I'd discuss it with the tracks and see if they were amenable to it. Um, I think. Um, it's poor enough racing the way she only hasn't been a stack of advanced ticket sales. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, no, I can see the benefit in moving it, shall we say. Um, it's a bit like the ground starving. I felt sorry for Bennett Star Sports um, because obviously he does a lot to promote the ground derby, which is flagging, to be fair. <laughs> And obviously that was unlucky to, to clash with, with the uh, Ukraine game. Um, obviously they're not going to get the, the, the media um, over that. So, I mean, I mean personally, if it was me, I would 
I would run them earlier. I, I would basically run them as twilight and probably finish it sort of, you know, an hour before kickoff, that kind of thing. There's no need to, to carry on, you know, while England are playing, I don't think, given the, the 20 million watch the match on um, on Saturday. Do you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, just, I don't think the BHA know there's any football on, so I don't think there's going to be any conversations in that regard, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, no one's uh, told them that England are playing football, that's the thing. I have, I have actually got an example here of BHA flexibility. Um, I see they've already announced that on Champions Day, if there's heavy in the going description, they're going to use the jumps cars for the round cars races, which is another prime example of the BHA refusing to admit they've cocked everything up and got it completely wrong with the structure and timing of this meeting and where it's run at. And uh, already putting the contingency plan in, ready for the swamp plate ground we can expect on Champions Day. John, is, is this a prime example of, of the BHA's meddling in, in the fixture calendar? When, when you were so vociferous the other night when uh, challenged on should we move the derby and you were a category no and yeah. um, is this a prime example of they've, they've messed about with Newmarket Ascot's traditional Royal Lodge meeting um, Newmarket's meetings they've messed about with and took races out of there and and it's like it, it, is this a prime example of what a mess it's actually turned out I think it's absolutely sickening how it's turned out to be perfectly honest I yeah. think champion stakes is Dead as regards it being a championship race because it's run on chest deep rubbish. Um, you've got a scenario where you've got the middle park and the Jewest on the same day, which is an absolute scandal that nobody's yeah. able to get their arms around. And as regards like the Phillies Mile, the Royal Lodge Mowing and Yale Market, again, it, it's just pitiful, absolutely pitiful. And Whoever like thought all this nonsense up, I sincerely hope their next shit is a hedgehog and it comes out backwards. <laughs> Carrying a pineapple. <laughs> Equipped with a pineapple, I like it. Um, okay, so we'll carry on the BHA theme to sort of get towards the end of the show. And I don't know if you've seen chaps this week. Um, the uh, BHA. Uh, new potential guidelines, rules and penalties on whip use. Um, I'll just I'll just list some of the uh, potentially uh, new introduced rules. Um, basically, that they've uh, they're saying that hands and heels must be used to encourage first prior to using the whip. Um, after using the racing whip, the horse must be given a chance to respond. Um, must not be used when the horse is out of contention. Uh, must not be used with excessive force, must not be used above shoulder height. How does that work with Thrasher Morris? I mean, Thrasher Morris has been doing it for years and they don't say anything. Um, he's finished. I mean, if they apply the rules, he's finished, he's Thrasher. Um, so anyway, there's going to be tougher penalties, apparently. Um, real serious totting up procedures um, and real serious, you know. I mean, what, what's, what's your take on all this? Um, I'll come to you, John, first. On the whip, um, what are we trying to achieve through this? 
what we're, we're trying to achieve is to appease people who will never like racing, basically. Um, and I'll give you a prime example now. This is from PETA, the uh, people for the ethical for animals. This is from this is this PETA on their, their page on horse racing. They weigh more than a thousand pounds, are supported by ankles the size of a human's, and are whipped and forced to run round tracks that are often made of hard packed dirt and more than 30 miles per hour while carrying people on their backs. Racehorses are the victims of a multi billion dollar industry that is rife with drug abuse, injuries, and race fixing, and many horses' careers end at the slaughterhouse. That is a way of pandering to with this whip nonsense. And it goes on racing to the grave. Horses begin training and are already racing when their skeletal systems are still growing. Absolute rubbish again, you know. I mean, no thought for the the fact that the thoroughbred racehorse has been bred to start racing at an early age. Um, the studies on injuries and, and race tracks, one in every t- 22 races suffered an injury that prevented him or her from finishing a race. No differential between jump racing and flat racing there. I mean, these people want racing done away with. There is no ifs or buts about it. And these idiots, instead of standing their ground and telling Petter, Animal Aid, etc., to go and fuck themselves, the pandas. <laughs> so, so what you mean, John? We're not clear. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I mean, this is the thing. Um, right, I, I've got a scenario for you, for you chaps. Now, so do you remember the Rab Havlin situation uh, on the Gosden horse at Lingfield? where basically everyone was laughing because he let Frankie win on the other Gosden runner yeah. on the horse called So Havlin Road Stole. And then they come out with the, well, we don't whip horses first time, baloney. Right? So what, what we're actually building up to here is more like, for me, is more punter devolvement in the sport because they're just fed up of seeing possible non-triers or possible, you know. Now, if you take the whip out, the like John Hines is who's a listener, and I respect his opinion. He, he's he's a, he's, he's an in running player, and he he wants the whip banned. He he, he doesn't like the whip. So I I respect that opinion. That's a that's a view withheld with a with a professional uh, player, and he, and he he doesn't like the whip. However, imagine the scenarios where you then get a horse that's in about fourth place with a good chance of winning. Who's then got to judge whether said riders made sufficient effort because the one thing the whip does bring is like sufficient effort as in has that rider got the most out of that horse as he pushed the horse out to the line you know as, as he had a couple of cracks of encouragement as the bha use that's the word encouragement is, is the, the word used now they we've got problems because all, all of a sudden the horse that finishes third or fourth with a less than, can we say, aggressive ride, is now protected. It's protected because because basically the BHA are saying, well, you know, how can you get anyone on, on, on sufficient effort? John? Well, it, 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 the, the key word would be encouragement, really, that the BHA love to bandy about. And the problem being, racing at the business end involves coercion, not encouragement. If there wasn't coercion, nothing would get up the Cheltenham Hill. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, yeah. And that that's the uncomfortable truth about this sport. They are made to lay the guts out, you know. And all right, that superbly looked after the rest of the time, but on race day, they are expected to deliver. The working animals, and that's the top and bottom of it. If we can't defend that, we either in the wrong spot or we should be campaigning to have it done away with. I'm perfectly comfortable with it, you know, and otherwise I, I wouldn't have stuck with racing as long as I have. I mean, no one wants to see animals beaten up or mistreated, you know, far from it. But, but as I said, you know, it's about, it's, it's, it's an element of coercion, not encouragement. You're not sort of tickling their nose saying, go on, give me a bit more. You're giving them a couple of backhanders or whatever. Uh, with using a cushioned stick as well. I mean, you know, I, I don't think racing's been very good at communicating the fact that, you know, we're not talking about very thin, you know, switches of, of, of whatever. These are heavily cushioned implements. So, uh, you know, racing has moved in the right direction. But as John said, you know, how far can you go with this? Mm. It's, it, it definitely is going the wrong direction for me. And I don't like the fact that no punters are represented on this panel. Um well, they I don't mean, exist, again, yes. That's the problem. They don't exist in the minds of the people running the game. It's, a, it's an, no. invitation, an uncomfortable, an uncomfortable group of people that we'd rather, you know, not see exist. So let's not bring them into the tent. That's the problem. Yeah, and and the problem for the BHA is that under their gross profits deal is that the very people funding the sport, again, are just cast aside. Their views are not important mm. and. A bit like a bit like Saturday, you know that that is the BHA's stance on punters. They, they don't care. They it's not their not their problem. Um, as long as as long as the tills keep the, the, the wheels keep turning and the tills keep you know flowing. But it's a big turn off, I think. I, and and I, I, as I said, I, it's interesting to where this is going to end up. Um, it could be another real uh, sort of bad turn for racing. I think this and. I'm like John, I sit uncomfortable with this and I'm comfortable with the current rules. Um, I I don't think there's any animal cruelty uh, taking place. Actually, Lee, I mean, there's more horses now getting hit in the wrong place than there ever was before. And I'm absolutely convinced that's due to the whip being shorter and shorter and shorter. Half of these little buggers can't even reach horses' ass with them. (laughs) That's a fair mm-hmm. point. Right. I mean, that's point. why I've written them in the soft part of the belly. Mm-hmm. There's been there's been several times I've seen when they've when they when they've hit them when they have like you said they haven't reached uh, yeah. the the hind quarters. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. True yeah. enough. I mean, yeah. I think it used to lag at them, but bloody hell, it was always on the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Um, anyway, we'll move on to the final bit of the show, which is the Jimmy Lindley lovely pair of fans. Um, have you two chaps anything for Jimmy Lindley's section? Well, man ran yesterday, as you know, like, uh, the uh, the Cloud Cox thing with Darling Liam adding. Oh, <laughs> oh that was... Um, uh, yeah, um, I, I'm going to mention this now. So, uh, John... Asked me to look at a horse uh, running yesterday, and I mean, no, it was it was unbelievable. Um, the it was in the four thirty at Leicester yesterday. Invincible soldier of Clive Cox's, and 
<laughs> I said I said to John before the race, I says I said it's a great little find that. I says, but I says the fellow on top ain't gonna help you much. And it was Liam Keneary. Um and if anyone wants to watch it, <laughs> he probably should have won five minutes. But as is the one, um they finished second at a nice big price. And then next time you're going to get absolutely no price for your money. It's probably, especially if they switch jockeys, it's probably going to end up like if Adam Kirby rides it next time, it'll probably be five to four. Um, so yeah, he's very frustrated. A great dig out from John, but invincible soldiers want to probably put in your trackers just in case you manage to obtain a price next time. And for yeah. my, I think any anybody that does watch that replay actually. Um, I think I, I might have to contact the racing post and ask them to put one of them red triangles in the top corner. <laughs> you know, like they used to be on them Channel 4 films with the bloke with no legs that you should run after you on his hands and things like that. It, it was that <laughs> uh, Right. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's one to watch out for anyways, that one. Um, right. Uh, mine was it's, it's of a similar vein, really. Um, it's uh, it's more obvious than Dale Winton. Um, and Oriental Art, which ran at Newbury on Thursday. Yeah, that's, that's mine. <laughs> Thursday, first of the July. That's me, 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 and Chris is here. Yeah, with yeah. Oriental Art. Because, I mean, this was unbelievable. I mean, the, the the betting stank. It was it was sort of six, seven to one all day. I was sort of like nibbling away, filling my boots, thinking, well, this is bad, eight, nines, and then it goes tens, then elevens, then twelves, then fourteens, then eighteens on the off. And I'm thinking, this this is just incredible. And it got the the absolute ride to match. Um, the thing is, it's if if let's say it wasn't the day, and I can't, you can never, you can never say it wasn't off, but he didn't look off. Okay. But anyway, I mean, early turner on all the Oriental arts, you made she made ground up the far who comes up the far rail at Newbury trying to make ground from last I've not seen it everyone swings down the middle and then you've got clear daylight but anyway so she ran into the trap backs of horses finished fifth full of run absolutely full of run um for me would have won um racing post have even picked up on it so it proves that it was eye catching because they've <laughs> they've said you know would have would have been at least in the mix um I mean, what are these? What are these people doing? So, what price are you next time? There, mm. This is the reason I mentioned it. I mean, there's no point me keeping it private because it's more. I mean, these people are crazy. If that wasn't off or it wasn't yeah. meant to be that night, it's going to be nine to four next time. Top, yeah. You know, in an, any normal race. So, why have they turned down a price like that? Anyway, I've, so I've, got, I've got thirty-five Simcock horses now in my tracker. <laughs> I'm waiting to turn up at Doncaster in strongly run races. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, John, what would Simcock's strike rate be if he actually decided I'm going to be like the kilt for a month? <laughs> I, mean, I, I just can't understand what he's doing, you know. I mean, everything's like bad. He can't have any stars that. He's yet to do many stars work. I mean, nothing's ever pinged the lid since he got a license, has it? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's only winner. Um, in his, his last ten runners, unbelievably, Tora Lura, close up. 
early, going yeah. out there when pressed leader to out. Everything oh. else you look at, in rear, pushed along, dwelt start, slowly into stride, towards rear, took cane all, midfield, midfield. Yeah, soon beaten. Yeah. Even Elton Place was a bit more positively ridden this week, but God almighty, I mean, poor Gracie, she's shown he took now as well off that mark and run second at 14s at Windsor, for God's sake. I mean, yeah. you, you know, that ride round a decent track, and I mean, it wins, doesn't it? But we knew it couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I just scroll down his horses. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is it. So, I mean, I cannot see the upside. It's not a positive return on investment to keep on holding horses up all the time. I don't know what it teaches them, really, to be sat last, having to quicken through traffic. And it just doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't, I, I'd love to... In fact, anyone get him on the show, we could actually yeah, ask get him. him. On. Dave, they're calling <laughs> yeah, you, mate. Come on on. So, you know, what are you doing? You know, you'd probably improve your strike rate by about... I don't know, seven or eight percent. If you just went a little bit handy, you don't have to. No one says you have to make it, but it's like you say, sometimes just sit third or fourth. Yeah, but really, I'm, I'm, should I'm, come I'm, on the show because we only want him on for forty-five seconds. So we can say what the fucking hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to end. You, I'm just going to end with a normal comment, which I'm sure come up. How many winners have you boys trained? There you go. <laughs> Nearly as many as Simcock, yeah. And on and, and on that note, I think we'll call it a day. But th- those are two to follow. Invincible Soldier for John and Orient Clark for me and Chris as the big eye catchers of last week. Um, we're back on Wednesday night for that's that's me and John for the July Cup meeting preview. So please don't miss that because we've got some tremendous bets for the July meeting this week, and you will be first to get them if you tune in. On Wednesday evening, we'll have it ready before the England game. So if you don't want the, if you don't want uh, uh, Tildesley's commentary or you don't want the idiots commentating, you can listen to uh, our thoughts on the July meeting while you're watching the game. That's all from us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Bye for now. <laughs>